0: Welcome to Garage Talk, I'm Conrad, let's go, I'm sitting here next to Ted, we're going to rock and roll, that magic potion brought my voice
1: back, so I'm good.
0: Thank goodness, thanks goodness. (laughs) Tonight, we're going to have a conversation, we're going back to the track, we're with another family that loves racing, we're here with uh, Andy Dalton Bishop. How we doing fellas? Doing well. Doing good. Well, first off, give us a little BG about you guys, a little background. (laughs) I, my
2: family was mainly into uh, drag racing back when I was growing up, Mm -hmm. and my grandpa lived in Waco, Texas, and I had a 1978 Monte Carlo that I was drag racing. Uh, My grandpa come down, come up from Texas, and he said, "Hey, you want to make a race car out of this thing? Do a big burnout in front of the garage here and back it in." Mm -hmm. So I did a big burnout packed it in the garage and i'm thinking boy what are we going to do we're going to lighten it up we are going to you know change the suspension we're going to make this thing a little faster and the first thing he did is he took a hammer and hit the front window and it shattered of course and he said race cars have roll bars roll cages and a number on the side so that's how i got my start in in circle track racing
1: okay so, tear up my car
2: so we spent we spent that week um that was on a saturday and on the next friday we were racing at, at gas city oh man so that was in uh 95 i believe yeah nine, 95 so <clears throat> and that's where it all began and i've been racing ever since
0: Dalton.
3: I, like I said, I was just kind of born into it because you know, my grandpa raced and then my dad raced, and I was at the racetrack every single weekend. And I, I don't, I don't know. I just was born into it, loved racing. Mm-hmm. I actually started as an announcer, and then I've all like I always wanted to race, and Dad was like, "I'm not gonna ruin you by getting you involved in driving a race car because once it happens, then you're hooked." and... <laughs>
2: you know the bad part is the amount of time and money it takes to to do it and not that i didn't want him to go out and enjoy it and and get that thrill yeah but you know it's it's worse than drugs and alcohol once once you're hooked i mean it's in the blood it's just part of your dna and for the last four or five years i've tried to step away and i've swear up and down i'm not racing anymore and i'm done and i'm not doing it anymore and first come race season where are we at (laughs) we're back out the speedway so not not that i was trying to discourage him or keep him from doing something that he loved but the time commitment and the amount of money that it takes um, i've just been fortunate since 2007 uh, i've been able to drive for someone and i haven't missed very many weekends so i've been pretty fortunate um, but believe me i've spent a ton of money and a
1: ton of time in the garage No, i'm sure that's the, yeah. the time commitment just... Yeah. And, and it's probably every night, too, isn't it? Getting, getting your car ready for the next weekend.
2: Oh, yeah. It's 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 more than a full-time job. I mean, oh, if you're, man. It's, and to do any good, you got to live and breathe it. Yeah. It can't just be, oh, it's Thursday night. We're racing tomorrow. Let's go wash it up and check the tires and right. put a little oil in it. I mean, it literally... You know, you talk to these guys that run up front, they spend 40, 50, 60 hours plus oh, a man. week in the garage.
1: That's what Dalton was telling us earlier. said, some of these guys go on no sleep.
3: Yeah, I mean... <laughs> And, like, there's guys that we race with now that, like, they'll show up to the racetrack, and if they don't do good, they have no gas money to go home. I mean, it's that real. Yeah. And people, like, we I've seen people lose their houses, their businesses, and, I mean, that's how bad it is. And as much as I love racing, like and I've told my dad, like, man, I'd love to just be able to drive a race car for a living. I'll never go to the racetrack. And, and, man, I hope I do good tonight so I can be able to go home. Right. That, that, that will never happen. Oh man. Lose their house? I
0: mean it's it's it sounds crazy, but it's a <laughs> yeah. reality. Yeah, no, I mean it sounds like any other addiction because, like I was telling you earlier, I, I I talk to people and they're like, I went out to the track last weekend and I'm going back this weekend and then they go all summer and then they're just like become race fans out of nowhere it's just the
2: atmosphere I mean you know Dalton alluding to he doesn't like being around them kind of people down at the 500 I mean it it literally it's a family of people Um, you look forward to going Um, it's fun to go in circles and race but it's also just the collaboration and camaraderie of, of being with people you know that I think that's what why I keep going back you know like for Dalton on race day, he has the burn in the belly and uh-huh. the, but the grit to just want to go. You know, I've lost a lot of that, right. and so um, I think it's just being around the people.
0: Yeah, yeah, like the excitement of getting yeah. back on the track and. Oh, I mean, for me, like on
3: race day, it's one thing. Like, and and I've enjoyed it more now than I really ever have. Like with my dad racing, mm-hmm. um, because I know at some point. And, I mean, he's been saying it, it seems like, for 10 years, but it hasn't been that long that I'm going to be done at the end of this year. And so when he originally said that, that's when I got the burn and desire to, okay, I want to race because I want to be able to say that I've raced against my dad and and have spent that time doing that with him. And even when I'm not racing, to be able to watch him race now, like I enjoy that more now than I really ever have just because I know at some point he is going to be done and I'm going to miss Watched him go around the racetrack. But, I mean, he, he's 44. He always says, man, I'm getting old. He's not old because a lot of people say, hey, is that your brother? And <laughs> I, get a, I get a kick out of it because I'm like, man, this guy, 44 years old. Beer and water, baby. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, see, but you, know, you know, one day your dad's going to hang it up and then, you'll, you will I'll try to carry on. You're going to have to carry on the legacy. That's the, just, that,
3: that's the thing, though, is. I've talked a lot of smack to him, and, and deep down, deep like deep down in, I knew like at the track, like I'm going to beat you tonight. Deep down in, I I knew I didn't have a
0: chance, but like you're not going to talk yourself down to the not, same time either. I'm going to lose to you, Dad. There was no way, and no. I
3: did deep down in believe there was no way on Friday night that I was going to the race track and he's beat me because I knew how much I wanted it. And he was, but again, you got to realize. He had been racing since 1995, and here I am in, like, 2018 or 19, just starting, and, I mean, realistically, you're probably not beating him.
2: It's like free throws. You know, you, yeah. you, I've got a lot of laps, and, <laughs> you know, different things, you know, looking at the racetrack and knowing where the moisture's at and just reading the surface. I mean, it's, there, there's a lot to it than just getting out there and stomping and steering and, and going. It's, it's it's I would say 90% of it's a thinking game. but then it's also you got to have good equipment that you're Mm -hmm. confident in and you know it's prepared well um you got you got your head screwed on straight you're thinking competitively and smart and you have good equipment getting behind the wheel and just going is not difficult really it's it's the prep and the the the, just the mental part
3: i think to build off of that like and and that's (coughs) from experience like for me I can remember, like, there was a test in tune my very first time ever driving a stock car, I mean, I looked like a flit, a fish flopping out of water, and I'm, like, coming back, and I'm, like, I, I don't know, like, what else I can do, I don't know how the heck you're going around there like that, and that's, it was hard for me to say that, because watching him race, I'm, like, what are you doing, why didn't you go do this, or why didn't you try to pass him up here, and, and he's, like, Look, nut, it's not that easy to just get in the race car and go out there and do that. And then I got in the race car and learned real quick that, man, it's not as easy as it looked. Well, Well, I mean, yeah, and that's
1: like, this is good for Conrad and I. The more we can learn about this, because like you said, you've got to know where the moisture is at on the track. Just little things like that. I didn't know. I wouldn't even think about nothing like that as as an observer.
2: Well, and most guys will tell you, you know, when they see a rough racetrack, they're automatically the they're mentally i mean when you see a racetrack that's a piece of junk blowing dust or or rough as a cob you're already mentally thinking about it so you've got to prepare for that okay. it is what it is you all race on the same surface it's you got to give yourself the edge and just mentally prepare and say i know the track's rough but guess what if it's rough it's rough because why there's moisture okay so no one wants to get up there and run around in the rough stuff right but 90 nine percent of the time that's where it's fast because that's where the
3: moisture's at okay and that was something that i learned like and i say in my younger years of racing i mean i'm still young but like as as i was starting the race like i would always get on him i'm like why are you not aggressive this guy is like he is going balls to the walls doing everything he can to win and you're just settling he was like you gotta understand i've got kids and i've got a full-time job if i get hurt i can lose everything i have and for me it it wasn't it wasn't like that. I was like, oh, "Well, I have nothing to lose. I'm going out here and rough or not, I'm Baja 250 through the rough, and I'm doing everything I can to win." And, yeah, I mean, I I got a I learned a lesson last year. And I'll just say that.
2: Well, you know, for for me, it's just it's just for the fun, and I, I was gonna be done this year. Like I was done, and uh, you know, I'm sure most people around here know Sam Thompson, mm-hmm. Thompson Trucking, and. You know, as much as he's done for me in my racing career and the things that, you know, the sponsorship and the the rides and here, come down to the shop, I have something for you and have two brand new tires. I mean, that stuff was huge. Right. And when I was footing the bill and, um, you know, this guy's 76, 77 years old and doesn't really do much in the trucking industry anymore. Mm -hmm. You go down to a shop and everything's about these race cars. Really? And so when he called me over the winter and asked me if I was going to drive and you know I said I don't know Sam what are you going to do he said well what are you going to do <laughs> and I, I kind of felt obligated right you know because here he is and I know that if he didn't mess around with these race cars that he has nothing to look forward to I right. mean he you go to the track that's what he says it's like this is my vacation uh-huh. he just he lives and he yeah. lives for it and so that that's why I decided to run this year is I just I didn't have it in my heart to tell him no for right. everything that he's done for me yeah. throughout my career and i know that he's towards the end of his and uh-huh. when he's done i'm done and that's i'll sign a whatever you want me to sign right now when, <laughs> when sam thompson's done i'm done
0: that's awesome everybody that's, needs their is. own little getaway i mean oh it's so it's that's a, it, that's, that's a getaway it's a getaway so
1: now is it true all you guys out there even though you're competing against other people it's, it's pretty much family if, if something breaks down you need something real quick somebody will bring it to you or yeah that's, a wrench break <laughs> somebody brings you a wrench you need or
2: well perfect example of that is back in 2007 um we were in the last night and uh me and bill lewis were only three or four points separating each other and uh it came down to whoever finished and head of who was going to be the the track champion and we were in the heat race and we spit a drive shaft and so who do you think give us one to run
1: really he did
2: bill lewis and his crew now obviously you know it was a backup it was bent and it was secondhand stuff but we were done but and he could have won the championship easily but he gave me this drive shaft so we could go out and compete and i ended up winning and beating him so i mean that just tells (laughs) you he could have said no i don't have one he's
3: the champion
2: Uh he didn't do that
3: so You know, it's it's a lot of good friends. And to build off of that, like, I can think back to, and I was fairly, I mean, I was young, and I don't know why I remember this, but there was another guy that we have raced with, or my dad has raced against uh, in the modified class that I think even loaned him an engine. I don't know what it was for, but, like, you got to realize, like, these engines are, I mean, that is a lot of the expense of the race cars. And for this guy to say, here, go put my engine in your race car, Hmm. you realize how much money is sitting right there in just that engine. I mean, he could go out there and blow the thing up and not care. Uh, I mean, mean, I've never, he's never not cared about somebody else's equipment. He's always taking care of equipment, and that's why he's gone as far as he has, obviously, but... I mean, just for somebody to, to say, Hey, here's my engine I mean that that tells you how close the racing family is. That's awesome. Yeah, and
0: that I just, know some people that won't lend me a lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that was Todd Sherman and Todd Sherman he's a he's a dirt track legend around here. He lives up in Columbia City, but I can't even remember the exact circumstance, but I'd won quite a few races that year and was doing well and we blew the engine up and I think I was competing. I was close in points uh, for another track championship, and I didn't even have to go ask. He called me the next morning and said, "Hey, how bad? How bad's it hurt?" And I told him, "You know, it's got to come out. I need a new block, and we'd probably be done for a few weeks." He goes, "No, come on up here and pick this engine up. And don't just bolt it in." So,
3: wow. <clears throat> I mean, that's amazing to me. Just. Especially now, looking at yeah. the expense of everything. I mean, you can look at gasoline, you can look at hamburger. I mean, whatever it is, I mean, it's expensive. And oh, yeah.
0: That's it's like true. real sportsmanship right there. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Like, so when you're driving, like how Like going back to that, how much does reaction time play into that? I mean, because, you know, you're thinking, but also, you know, it's a short track and 70 miles an hour or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's you know.
2: Yeah, I mean, there, there's, that's definitely a piece of it is, you know, you got 20 cars on the track and you don't even know what you're doing, let alone what the other 19 guys are going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I can tell a difference when I first started and was young. You know, believe it or not, I used to be the young guy. Now <laughs> I'm the old guy. And, yeah. you know, if you see an opening in a hole, by the time I am think about it and trying to process it, yeah. heck, these young guys are already there. <clears throat> and that is that is the difference. And to, to Dalt's point... You know, I think about, uh, well, if I, what if I flip and I break my arm or if the car catches on fire or I get right. injured and I can't go to work. I mean, I have a lot of responsibility, not not just at home but at work. Right. And, you know, you think of that stuff. you got these young guys. They not care. They'll think about it afterwards, uh, you know. Yep,
3: yep. And, I, and I am, I mean, he nailed it to the tee. I'm that young guy. I'll, I'm not worried about what's going to happen tomorrow. I'm focused on this race. And I can remember.
0: Youth. Yeah, I mean, I can remember back to that. yeah. I
3: mean, you can call it what you want. I was there too, man. I was I was there real hard. Too. My second year of racing, I mean, I was thankful enough to have an opportunity to race for a guy from Jonesboro, Joe Wiggins. He, I mean, he he's why I'm still racing because he gave me an opportunity uh-huh. and was able. I was able to get my name out there and show people that you know I could do it. And I can remember I went at Gas City. I started in the back of the the A-Main that night and was, like, telling everybody, like, well, I mean, I have nothing to lose. I start back here anyway, so I'm going to try some stuff. And if I go to the front, I do. And if not, we're already back here anyway. And I went four wide with these guys coming off of turn two and passed them all and was in, like, fifth. And then something had happened with the car. But I can remember him telling me, like, a couple days later, you – you realized that you went four wide with these guys, and my heart about stopped. <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, I mean, I couldn't imagine, like as no. a car owner, seeing your race car go four wide. I mean, you're, I mean, oh, inches yeah. from somebody doing something stupid, and uh-huh. now your race car is destroyed. And I mean, you don't think about that when you're in a race car. I mean, I, at least I didn't at the time, and as and I think that comes with experience. The more that you race, the more you think about. Well, if I do that and this guy does that, yep. then something stupid could happen. But at the time, I wasn't thinking. I'm, I'm just thinking about one thing, and that's getting to the front. And I knew that's where he was at, so I was like, <laughs> i got to I gotta get to the 14 car. And if I get to him, it's game on, you know. But that, because, And I think that's a lot of the reason I struggled early in, in my racing career. I was more focused on beating him opposed to just racing the competition. Right. And he would tell me, and he was like, S- you need to stop focusing on – beating me and worry about driving the car. And <laughs> I'm just like I want to beat you. You know, you know. It's just the competitiveness yeah, in me. Everybody and,
0: wants to beat their dad at basketball. But
3: as I started to realize that, okay, you're probably not going to beat him. And I needed to race just my competition. I started getting better results, and I started getting more respect from my other competitors. Mm-hmm. And you know, and again, I think that this comes with seat time and. and Experience. He he'd been there and he'd done it and he was trying to tell me. And well, you're yeah. messed up
2: all, already. You know, you're sitting here trying to beat me. It's not me. There's 20 other guys out there. But first of all, most importantly, you got to figure out the racetrack. I mean, that's yep. your that's your biggest competition. Is if if you can't figure out what the racetrack's doing, so that you can at least be competitive, you know.
0: You not have to worry about the I feel guys. like these are talks you guys had before the race. Yeah, but he don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> and,
3: and, I, and I'm not scared to admit it. I didn't listen at the time. I was like, I would, I would like let it go through one ear and out there. Like, he
2: thought oh. I was
0: sabotaging him. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, yeah, of course he doesn't want me to beat him. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Forget that. I'm going out there. If I got a chance, it's game on. It's
0: like Michael Jordan taking him out to eat the night before the big playoff seven. <laughs> and I'm going to <laughs> tell you that yeah, Game I, seven. Pizzagate. <laughs> Whether <Yeah. laughs> so he wants
3: to admit it or not, and I'm just going to tell you this. The highlight of my racing career so far was the night – well, this is the second biggest thing in my racing career. The first thing is when I won the sportsmanship award at Gas City mm-hmm. uh, in 2019. That was really cool. But the second biggest highlight of my racing career was the very first night that – or it was the second night I got to race for Rich Forrest, who owns r Transmission – We took the car to Montpelier Speedway, and my dad started behind me, and I knew because of how the transmission was set up that if I went very, very slow, that his car would start chugging. And so I was going as slow as I possibly could without my car getting ready to die, and we're going into turn three, and I'm just like, chugga, 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 chugga. And we get to turn four, and I'm still doing it, and I feel... Boom! Right in the back bumper he hit me and I I floored that thing and took off and we went into turn one and I knew because of Montpelier just because of the way the track was shaped that I had to get straight to the top of the racetrack because, to be real honest with you, it wasn't very racy at the point. I mean, you you either ran the top or you probably wasn't going to pass. So I went to the top, ended up getting passed for the lead by another racer. And me and him, for eight laps, ran side by side, and I made a mistake because I was trying so hard. I was like, I'm finally going to beat him. And uh, I made a mistake, and he took me to school, and uh, I don't care what he says, he was sweating. I mean, he he was... I know for everything, I know everything, that he was driving his race car for everything it was worth. I was sweating because
2: I was ready for him to make that mistake, and I didn't want to be involved. I
3: mean, I... Like, when I went back to my trailer, I mean, my crew and the, my owner was like, that is awesome. Like, they're so pumped. And I'm so mad because I was like, I can't believe I just let him beat me. And he, he'll never admit it, but he was driving that thing for everything it was worth.
1: See, now, Dalton, you're going to end up being like my older kids, too, because I always told them back in the day, I said, 10, 15, 20 years, you're going to look at me and say, you were right, Dad. I mean, I mean, there
3: are, I, I'm still like that. Like I, I tell him, like I should listen. Like you're right. And it's hard to obviously because you're so competitive. And every want,
0: single one of my uncles, I'm like, you're right. You're right. You you're right. Just you a thicker <laughs> head when you're young.
2: Oh yeah. Oh you, you can't tell him if, if he doesn't want to do it or he doesn't <laughs> think the same way. You're not convincing. him.
3: <laughs> when I get my mindset to something, I go for it. I mean, that's just how I. I mean, yeah. I, that's just how I am, and
2: which is not a, a bad characteristic. It's just you got to be within, you know, reason. And right. some, at some point in time, there's you know, reality's got to set in, and yeah, you know, you can be a daggone good free throw shooter, but going into the arena and saying you're going to outshoot
3: seth curry at uh-huh. the free throw line you yeah. <laughs> know. true i mean it's just like i told you guys before we started this thing i was setting i was setting unrealistic goals and knew yeah. that i was but i was never going to tell myself that i couldn't achieve it right like I, I would go to gas city like first night i ever drove a race car i think there were like five or six cars there total and i went to gas city speedway and i'm like i'm winning and knew probably that it wasn't gonna happen and I there's just there's no way I could tell myself that I wasn't going to.
2: Well, that's good because if, if you're if the goal's to win and you know, if you don't set that goal, you'll probably never get there. Right,
1: right. Yeah.
2: And yes. it's
3: and still to this day I haven't won I won what the, like a four lap bash and that it was actually really cool. It was a battle of the badges race at Gas City. Uh, I think it like I represented the Gas City rescue squad and so they got a, a neat trophy, and I got a little trophy, but it wasn't like an actual race. I have yet to win an actual race, and I am not giving up on racing until I do. And, there you go. And if I win one race then and I don't race again, I'll be happy. But until <laughs> then, I'm never going to give up. I'm going to keep fighting for it.
0: I got a first-place ribbon uh, for potato sack racing at... Field day. That's about, the only race I've ever won. I thought, I
1: thought you were gonna say drinking coronas. Oh no. Nah. <laughs> nah. That's not always a bad thing either, but well,
3: you, I like to you, you, I like
1: you, to sip the coronas. You got the Paps blue ribbons like you oh, got yeah, yeah. The PBR. That's terrible. <laughs> All right well, now, so we know that you both of you guys, your interest came from the family. Yeah. In racing. Okay. How old were you in your first very first race? How old?
3: Like driving wise? Uh huh. Uh, 18
1: or 19. Okay. How about you, Andy? Um,
2: whatever a junior in high school is, okay. whatever age that is. Uh, seven, 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 17, 17, probably, 17 yeah. 16, 17.
1: Okay. Yeah. okay. How many, off the top of your head, you know how many tracks you've raced at?
0: Oh, man. Let's say Indiana. Because I think there's like 30, around 30 dirt oval. Right now, yeah. But.
2: You know, I don't know. I've raced at a bunch of different racetracks back back when I was closer to his age. It could be raining on a Friday. We didn't care. We up rain day. We're done in the garage. Like we would go where it wasn't raining, right? And go race. Um, man, I I would. I have no idea. It's uh, that's kind of interesting. It makes me want to go calculate it up because I bet it's kind of staggering.
3: Like. For me, obviously, I have been nowhere near the experience or, or anything like that. And it's crazy for me to think that I've been to, like, 13 or 14 different racetracks that I have personally have raced on. Really? So for him, I'm probably, like, if I was guessing, he's probably closer to the 40, 50. Well, I don't know six. if
2: it's that many. You know, we've, we've ran some tracks in Illinois. We've been up in Michigan, obviously oh. quite a bit in, in Indiana. Um, Kentucky. Kentucky. Ohio. Ohio. <laughs> Do
0: you have a favorite track? Like every time you go, this track, like
2: you know, I, I, I'm uh, I'm kind of uh, biased and proud of Gas City Speedway. Oh yeah. But, you
0: know, not just because
2: it's my home track, yeah. but I spend a lot of time. Matter of fact, my 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 dad he cleans the track. He helps really? maintain it. Oh, that's cool. And you know, I, I spend a lot of time doing that. You know, I've replaced bleacher boards. I've I help prep. You know, getting stuff opened up and ready to go, and at the end of the year, I help them take it down and put it up. And you know, I just growing up here and around here and living in Gas City and knowing what that place means not only to me but to a lot of people in the community. It's it's hard for me to say that there's a better track around. Right. Um, You know, Kokomo Speedway's got a nice facility, and so does Eldora over in Ohio, Mm -hmm. but. If if you ask me, where do you want to have a race at? Gas City all day long.
3: I mean, for for me to to build off of that, uh, with him saying Gas City, like uh, it's easy for me to say Gas City too. But right. if I'm thinking of like one place that I've raced at and I just had a blast at, uh, I would probably say Lincoln Park Speedway. Um, it's down. Uh, around Putnamville. Putnamville, okay. Indiana, like okay. Green Castle area uh-huh. south of Indy. Okay. Um, I got a chance to race there last year. Um, just the way that the track was configured um, high banked, uh, just two, three lanes of racing. I had a blast there. I mean, it was a lot of fun. Uh, the track is a very nice facility. Uh, it was nice, it was smooth. The competition level down there was as good as about anywhere I've ever raced at. And I don't know you're looking at you know locally uh definitely gas city speedway okay i mean and there's multiple reasons like he said you know my grandpa cleans the place up Um, dad's had a lot of success there Um, it's literally five minutes to from our house to go racing opposed to two three four hours right and i grew up there i mean Uh that's where i went racing as a little kid and that's where i got my passion so there's no doubt gas city is my favorite
1: okay what now nerves you still have <laughs> before before is, the race how about before the race
2: well let's rewind how many years 20 some years <laughs> I, I couldn't eat on race day like, really i would not eat every now and then depends on yeah uh, you know i may eat a half a pop tart or or something like that but before i would get in that race car before, food. Oh, before i'd get in that race car every feature i would throw up
1: really um,
2: you know my buddy, Big Mike, uh, Mike McCarty, you know he yeah. he he helped me all through my mo- the majority of my career, and we we had a lot of fun, a lot of time in the garage. But he, I'm, he can tell you a story of finding pieces of hot dog in the floorboard <laughs> the day before
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> or the day after because uh, I, I I was so and it looked brand new, didn't? It? Uh, I, it. I was so s- s- cut.
2: I was so you know feeling bad because I hadn't Man. ate all day and thought. Yeah. Man, I better get something, or I'm not going to be able to make it. And I'd go eat a hot dog, but it didn't stay very long. Uh, but but today, you know, it, it doesn't bother me anymore. Yep, nope.
0: he's a great, he he's a, a, a very great person. I like old Mike McCarty. Yeah,
2: he he done a lot for me when we were racing. He would he worked up there at Auto Tech. So not only just the knowledge of the parts and, you know, he had a key, so if we needed working on the garage at 10 o'clock at night and we needed something, we didn't have to wait till the next day. And he would he would uh, come down on his lunch break and work on the car and, you know, Big Mike,
3: uh, he was he a soldier. He a big
0: guy. What do you think he is? Like 6'5"? Oh, man.
3: Huh. I wouldn't want to tussle with him. <laughs> I mean, he's a
0: big boy. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Dalton?
1: Um, What's your nerves like before a race?
3: Not so much nerves that now as it was when i first started i was more nervous when i first started because i knew one i wasn't footing the bill two i would never be able to really afford to foot the bill dad already said you're absolutely crazy if you think i'm footing the bill (laughs) so um i knew that like i would have to take care of the car and do good to keep being able to race and get opportunities um now it's not so much nerves as it is uh just competitiveness like there was I can recall a time last year, like we went to Plymouth Speedway, it was ten thousand a win and like they had a practice night the night before and I, and I kinda struggled and didn't sleep probably at all all night. Was up bright and early, five A. M. and Saturday morning the day of the race <laughs> and just walking back and forth, pacing, couldn't like kinda like him, couldn't eat and didn't really want to drink anything. I was just uptight and didn't really want to talk to anybody. It's because, like, man, this is a big race, and if I, can, if I can make this race, man, I can do, I can make any race. I mean, these guys are the best in the world, and it'll happen. I mean, it's just, man. It'll happen. It's crazy. I mean, it's crazy for him to tell me, like, man, I used to be there, and then I'm like, I don't know how you did it for that long, man, because I didn't like that feeling that day. I mean,
2: Happens every Happened every Friday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Saturday, <laughs> and Sunday. You
3: just know, though, like you're racing against 64 cars, and there's probably, you know, 40 of those guys that can win the race. and Right. And you feel that you got a good enough car to win the race, and you're just, I mean, I don't know how to describe it. I mean, uptight, nervous.
2: It's the feeling yeah. that keeps you coming back. That, yeah. That's yeah. what it
3: is. Yeah. Well, yeah. The best way I can describe it would be, like, you guys – I mean, I don't know what, what you guys are still – I can think of, like, an Indy 500. It would be like me showing up to the Indy 500 and, and getting an opportunity to, to go qualify for the biggest race in the world. I mean, that's how what it felt like. I was that nervous. Really? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I can't imagine getting one of them Indy cars and going that
3: fast. Nah, no. man, I don't even know how they see. I mean, there's a nice sport at Gas City Speedway, and we're hitting – I mean, you're, you're flying around the racetrack, and you're hitting bumps, and your head's bouncing off the seat like a – I mean, it's just like somebody took a baseball bat and hit a bobblehead. I mean, that's I mean, just, <laughs> that's <laughs> pretty <that's> – <laughs> a, that's a good analogy there. Yeah.
2: I mean, we yeah. were down at Indy on uh, last Sunday, yeah. and you watch the telemetry on the screen, and when they were going in the corner, it was 241 mile an hour into <sighs> turn one. Now, I don't know how in the heck you can make your brain – Re, or make your foot react with your brain and say, I'm not lifting because I don't care who you are. Oh. that that has to take discipline. That has to take skill to make sure that you know you're not coming off that pedal. Uh-huh. Because your normal ball. reaction oh, yeah. would be Let off. I'm coming <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, your but.
3: balls better be the size of the boulders. Oh, oh, man. Man. I don't that's think crazy. Uh, yeah, you that's, can't I mean I am with you. I, I I think the same thing. I, Cause I know going to gas city speedway and we're not going over We are sure in the heck ain't going 200 mile an hour in the corner, but I can think of times when the tracks, like, like you said, when it's rough and I'm like, there ain't no way that I'm going in there flat on the floor and just going bouncing through that crap. And these guys, I mean, it's not rough out there, but to, to think that you're going 240 miles an hour in the corner, I can't, can't, I can't even imagine. fathom that.
0: No, no, not at all. <laughs> I've been two wheels on the golf cart taking the corner. That, I mean, we're talking nineteen, yeah, pushing two G's on a golf cart. But uh, like speaking of that, this, like the safety aspect of it all. I mean, like how how well are you guys like strapped down to take care of yourselves?
2: Everybody always talks about how scary and oh my gosh that's dangerous. But I always you know, told myself and my close family and friends that you're probably more safe there than you are going to the racetrack. Mm-hmm. I mean, number one, you have EMTs and first responders already there. Mm-hmm. If you have a car accident on the way to the track, you may be 10, 20 minutes before you right. get help. So you already have immediate help. You have a helmet, fire retardant suit, a five-point harness. I mean, you, you're In my opinion, you're you know you're strapped in. You're in a pretty safe environment. However, anything can happen, and if it does, first responders are already there. Right. So, you know, certainly if you don't respect it enough to think that you can get hurt, then you're you're just you're you're an idiot. I mean, that's I mean it. You you are at risk. You're putting yourself in an environment that is dangerous. Mm -hmm. Um, However you have all the equipment on necessary to keep you protected and first responders
0: are there. So have you ever put that like suit to work? Has anything ever caught fire on you?
2: You know, not fortunately. No. Um, I've been upside down a a couple of times. Um, You know, so obviously my helmet has worked, but as far as the fire suit, you know, thank God. No. I mean, that's one of my greatest fears It just, Mm. you know, that's only going to protect you for, 10 15 seconds right and you know you're gonna you're gonna get burnt um but fortunately i haven't had to use the fire suit but you know obviously the helmet and some of the other restraints the belts and things have
1: And and i'm sure safety's come a lot further since you started right Oh, just the
2: seats, just the seats themselves. I mean, used to, it was like you take a bench seat out of a car and put that in there and you strap to it and there you go. You know, now you have, (laughs) you know, you have rib supports, shoulder supports, neck supports. You know, you have a lot of, you know, safety technologies come a long way.
1: And I'm assuming that's probably a requirement now, right? It is. Everybody, okay. Okay. So you said you flipped a couple of times. We know Dalton's flipped once. How was that for you seeing that?
2: Seeing him flip? I mean, just knowing that, I mean, obviously it's your kid, so you just have that natural parent instinct of -hmm. of concern. But when it first happened, I was freaked out. But I sat there for a second, and I was like, been there, done that. Right. You know, pretty good chance he's probably okay. Uh However, if he's not, you already have the emergency crews down there to tend to him. You know, there's nothing that I can do other than make the situation worse by getting worked up. So I just calmly walked down. You know, went to the fence. I saw him moving around. I saw him get out, and I knew then. You know, he's okay, but I knew exactly the feeling he was having.
1: Yeah, I'm sure that's well. Andy, Andy's got a younger son that's kind of he's kind of reckless too. He goes goes about 110 miles an hour on a basketball court. He's a baller, man. (laughs) Yes. He's all time on the ground.
0: I feel like he's your he's your prototypical Indiana boy. He is.
2: Yeah, yeah Eli. He's uh, him and Dalton are are total opposites. You know, <laughs> Dalton was more kind of a, and, and that and that's what kind of gets me about racing with him is, you know, he he had it right there at his fingertips when we he was growing up. Right, we're in the garage working and, you know, have our own cars and making our own adjustments and. You know, he had no interest in it. And keep in mind, you know, he was five, six, seven, eight, right. somewhere in there. Um, but he had no interest. As he grew a little older, he was all about it. Uh-huh. Eli, he does not care one bit about it. <laughs> he's he's all I guarantee. He's outside right now with the neighborhood kids, and they're playing
3: wiffle ball.
1: Something, yeah, yeah. I
3: just I just want to touch on the the safety aspect because I, I mean, I I think about it every day, and every time I talk about racing about that flip, just because. I think of that week leading up to it and how thankful that I am that I had a car owner who, who cared about safety. Uh-huh. Um, I I tell Rich at R&R how thankful I am for him because, one, he had that full containment seat dad was talking about, about the rib support, the neck support, head support. And that week, we did, and I don't know what made him think about it, and, and I'm a, I don't know how spiritual you guys are, but I'm a firm believer in God and that he has a plan yep. for everything. Yep. Yeah. And very this something about that week, Rich walked over to the car and he said, let's check the seatbelts and see if they, the date on them, and see if they're expired. And we looked at them and they were expired. And he pulled wow. out He pulled out his wallet and said, hey, I need you to go to Bennett Enterprises and buy some seatbelts that you like, and, and we're going to put them in this car. That way we're going to know that you're safe. So I bought seatbelts that week, and I had a, I mean, you're probably looking at a thousand eleven hundred dollars seat, three four hundred dollars seatbelts, so fifteen hundred dollars right there on top of all your safety equipment, and then I flip, and they had to cut the roof out so I could get out of the car, and the seat saved me from probably a being paralyzed or b being dead. Right, and I mean, I I'm so thankful. of of that seat because and i I showed you guys the picture yeah of where the frame was sitting on top of the seat i mean you're you're inches from that happening Mm -hmm.
0: just a question because i have no clue so let's say okay let's not say because you did flip are those seat belts can you take them out and use them again or just leave them in there and use them again i would say you can
3: um a lot of people will like safety, like EMT will probably tell you to replace them just because of the stress that was put on them. But I would say you would probably be okay using those seat belts. Mm-hmm.
2: I, I, I mean, that's why they have an expiration date on them. I mean, the the manufacturers of the seat belts and safety equipment know that there's going to be times that they're needed and, and right. they're used. So that's why they put expiration dates on it. Okay, you know, it's just it's uh, no different than when you drive your car and you need to change your oil. Right, you know. You can, drive, you can drive your car if the oil's 3,000 miles past due. However, you're at risk. Right. Yeah. yeah. Same thing yep. with the seatbelts.
0: Yeah, that, I mean, it was crazy. Ted, I ignore that expiration date on my milk all the time. It <laughs> <laughs> oh. just turns into cheese, one. right? <laughs> I grade the cheese and <laughs> I grade the milk into my fruity pebbles sometimes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not cottage cheese and fruity pebbles. Yeah.
1: <laughs> hey, it, something just popped in my head are there any women racers around here
0: huh. yeah
2: Dalt would probably know better than i do <laughs>
0: well, i don't course. follow it like
3: <laughs> <laughs> are you kidding me yeah absolutely they're, i mean not that we actually race against but right there are some female drivers that that race professionally and they'll get in there and mix it up with the best of them and and they're just as good if i mean you take them lightly they're going to show you that they're not
1: but do they look like Danny patrick
3: uh, there, yeah. that
2: one's
0: better looking what's oh, her name Ty- T- Taylor re-
3: Reimer. Taylor Ryan. hey I'm telling you if you want to talk about a 10 she's a, she's a 15
0: I think all my women dad are beautiful plays, uh, in their re- own
3: way my dad played me this really stupid song and I don't even know what it's called but it says in the song something like it I'm a 10 piece and she, she's a 20 piece and I'm, <laughs> 20. I'm a whole bucket she is man I would stop racing to, just to carry her suit bag. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's hilarious. Right, so,
1: so you guys, all right, so you're racing on the weekend. So do you guys work on the cars yourself, or you just have people that's doing it for you?
2: So I'm, I'm pretty fortunate, um, and that's one of the reasons why I'm still racing, because if I had to make the time commitment to, you know, number one, find the time to work on it, you know, you know, like Big Mike and all these people that used to help me. Now they are, have families right. and they don't, they can't, you know, help support. Um, but then just the financial aspect of it, just the money and, you know, I, I wouldn't do it. So, you know, I've been fortunate enough to race for a couple of guys since 2007. I have never, like, I may buy a tire or something here or there mm-hmm. just to, to help out. But I've other than having to buy my own safety equipment, I haven't had to put any money into okay. it. So I've, I've been pretty fortunate.
3: Not like for me, when I first started, I and even now, I try to be as hands-on as possible because, like he said, when I was younger, and I kick myself for it all the time because if I would have just been in the garage paying attention then, I wouldn't have to be in there learning now. So now, you know, as a driver, and I think it helps as a driver knowing what's going on with the car because it makes you better as a driver. You can relate more to what's going on. And so now when I when I race for these people, I try to be as active in the garage and stuff as possible so that I can learn what's going on. And, and it's to this day, I still don't know everything about these race cars. But I think that's, I mean, that's nothing but my fault because I, I wasn't out in the garage. I was playing Hot Wheel cars in the sandbox, yep, you know, yep. but I should have been in the garage working. And like you said, but – now, I've got that passion, and I want to learn, and it's just, and some people won't give you the time of day. They're like, you should have already known that, but, yep. and thankfully, I've been fortunate enough to be around people that are like, yeah, we'll, we'll teach you, and I, and I still am learning my brother races, and his dad has a car that he races. They live in Martinsville, so I go down as much as I can with them, and, and they teach me quite a bit, really? too, so I'm just just blessed to be around people that are willing to teach me.
2: Well, yeah. that's the thing. You know, not not that I'm some successful legend around here, but you know, I've, I've had some good days and won some races and you know when they think that he's my son they automatically think that he should know it right but you know he when he was younger he didn't embrace the opportunity and i wasn't going to force it on right him, right you know because number one i didn't have time it, i was laser focused working uh-huh. a job and knew i had to get my stuff ready to go and um yeah. i think i think that kind of puts him behind the eight ball a little bit
1: well that, that was my next question so but so, how often do you guys go down to the shop and check on your car? Do so, you I, go a couple times a week, or
2: I don't go check on it. I know Sam; um, he, he's uh, top notch, and he's going to prepare a car really well. And you know, you don't have to worry about the safety aspect of it because he's every bolts tight, every every things checked, and fluids topped off. Everything's top notch, and you don't have to worry about it. But I just go down there a couple times a week just to say, "Hey, Sam, how are you?" Like I was there today and sat down there with him probably two hours. Yeah, we didn't even talk racing. We talked just. He's he's a good guy, and if you don't know Sam, he he's uh, he's softened up a little bit (laughs) in his old age, but he used to be a tough one.
3: Yeah, for for me, like I um, I've bounced around quite a bit. Like I said, I've just have had opportunities to race for people and just had some. I've had tremendous support from people in the community and, and just people at the racetrack. So I, and I think a lot, and my dad has been a crucial part of why I've been able to race just because of yep. who he is mm-hmm. um, at the racetrack and has gained the respect. And so they, they've been willing to give me an opportunity because they know where I, where I come from. And right. so, you know, when I was racing for Joe in Jonesboro, I was, I mean, I was there, I was there working on it, learning washing the car when i raced for rich i was there as much as i could trying to help them and wash the car and now i'm just you know the car that i'm going to be driving it's in cherubusco indiana so i mean if i go work on that thing then i've got to go drive an hour and 15 minutes and i mean one way and then you come back and now you've 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 sucked down 50 dollars worth of gas and Uh you know but thankfully i'm still getting an opportunity to race so
2: Well, that's one thing I prided myself on whenever I raced was, Mm -hmm. you know, we may not win the race, and but we're going to look good. Right. And so I always had, when I go to the racetrack, not only was my car nice and standing tall, clean, I had my trailer, my van, everything was matching, painted alike, and we cleaned it up. I mean, we people will tell you to this day, they remember me rolling in, and it was top-notch stuff. We were clean. It was a dirt track, but i'm still that way i would not work on that car until it was clean really i didn't care how bad it was tore up i didn't care how much work we had to do it did not go in that garage until it was clean wow Look
0: good play good that's i'll tell right. you right now that's... you
3: go in his garage you can eat off the floor <laughs> head, right. that,
2: and that's a difference in you know when you're spending the money and you're the guy working on right it, you know you want to respect that stuff because you work hard and um, and I and I think just doing that and taking care of equipment has, has given me the opportunity. I mean, yeah, I've tore up some stuff. Probably the most notable thing was I raced a dirt late model at Eldora for um, C.W. Watson. <laughs> he's <down> uh, telling <laughs> And, you know, here I am, just a street stock guy here at Gas City, and Watson calls me up, and he's like, hey, I need you to do me a favor. You know, Bower Sock is... Uh, competing for the sunoco late model championship and we want to enter another car in case something happens so that we have a shot he's like i want you to go qualify this car for me i'm like yeah that's awesome i'll do that he's like well i need you to come down tomorrow and this was on a thursday he said i need you to come down friday so we can get you put in the car we can get it scaled out he said when you show up at the shop ask for a guy named mark i'm like okay so i went took a vacation day went down to red key to the shop and put the seat in got got everything ready and i was like okay um what do you want me to do tomorrow like well just meet us at the racetrack I'm like, okay so i go down there have this one piece hillbilly backyard racing suit <laughs> go down this pit area and you have all these trailers and stackers and multiple cars and i'm just like <laughs> Holy crap. Like here I it was a dream come true. It really uh-huh. was. And so I get in this car and I go out and hot lap practice and uh, I just kept thinking to myself, "Be smooth, you know, make sure you get the motor to the ground, don't break the tires loose, you know, just all this mental stuff going through my head." Just a quick
0: question cuz I don't know. What does get the motor to the ground mean?
2: Don't spin the tires.
0: Don't spin the tires.
2: So don't spin the tires. When you're okay. spinning the tires, just like on ice, and that's okay. that's what you know. It's hard to teach yeah. these guys. When you're on ice, what do you do to go forward? Mm-hmm. Hammer it. Mm-hmm. You slow down, or well, you got to back off. You got to <laughs> hammer it. You hammer it. You're just you're, wasting, spin you're yeah. spinning, wasting that yeah. energy. So, anyways, I um go out there and practice. Felt pretty good, and come back in. He goes, "Hey, bud, you look pretty fast." He's like, "Awful smooth." He's like, "I'm going to start you on the tail of the heat race." get up through there he said we'll see what see how it goes after the heat race so i start on the tail of the heat race and this is called the johnny appleseed classic it was like a twenty thousand dollar to win race um i start on the tail they take the top four to the main event and coming out of turn four i pass the guy for fourth as soon as i get at the checkered flag at the start finish line i let out the gas i'm excited i'm like holy crap i can't believe i did this and as soon as i let out the gas that car shot to the right had them big 18 inch tires on the front caught the wall climb up in the fence and started flipping <laughs> oh no so i landed knocked me out for a second when i come to had snot hanging out of my nose and i seen the carburetor fall off and roll down the racetrack oh, no. <laughs> so i'm like oh my
0: gosh
3: <laughs> But uh,
2: that, that was probably, um, that that was the worst night of racing I think I ever had.
3: And I, to this day, I'm like, just shake my head. I'm like, man, dad, if you could have just held on, we could have been racing for a living. And, I mean, he could have. I mean, that, who he was racing for, those guys raced for a living at that yeah.
2: time. It was a brand new race car, probably about 140 Ooh. grand back then. I mean, it was... Uh, I tore up some equipment. <laughs> I mean, as, as glorious as it sounds
3: to me to be able to say, "Man, Dad, we could have went and raced for a living." Yeah, I'm still just thankful. Like, man, we could have got to go a Gas City on Friday night. Yeah, on yeah. On Saturday, it's just fun.
1: That's awesome. That is. That's so.
3: It's a family affair, man. Oh, that's a blast.
1: Now, Andy, have you ever had the chance to go pro?
3: No, I think that was
2: probably my closest opportunity, um, and I wouldn't say it's pro these guys they traveled throughout the summer um, and that's all they do right. you know, they probably run 50 60 nights probably that's cheating them and yeah
3: i many they run i would guess the average guy that races for a living is probably racing
0: 110 120 races a year
3: and,
2: and yeah. they're not racing for 4 or 500 bucks you know these right. are not 10. J-
0: yeah so not so throughout the year not just the summer Right, they'll Um, go
2: south. They'll go down to. I mean, I think it starts in February. They'll take from November Mm -hmm. to February off. But then they're Florida, California.
3: Yeah, Yeah, where it's warm. Yeah. Yeah. So, like in November, like the end of the season ends, like second week in November, these guys will go out to California and run what's called. They actually race on Thanksgiving Day. Really, that's the last race. It's called the Turkey Night Grand Prix. Okay, and they'll go out there and race that, and then, like he said from that point to february they're getting their race cars ready and then come february they're back at it again what was that doll that
2: who was it brandon Shepard, who won like 200 and some thousand dollars in two weeks yeah
3: so the, wow. well for example like and i can the most notable one to me is his name's brad sweet he races in the world of outlaw series uh, they have a race at eldora speedway it's called The King's Royal, and then which is one of the biggest—it's a crown jewel event in sprint car racing. Like, if you can win that, then you've you've made it. So he wins that race. That pays one hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars to win. He goes two weeks later to Knoxville, which is the Knoxville Nationals, which is the pinnacle of dirt track racing. Uh And you win the Knoxville Nationals two weeks later. That pays one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars to win. So in two races, you've made two hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. And that is more than like some people make in four or five years. Yeah. He made but that to two races.
2: But you gotta think of the investment, you know, how much is yeah. the race cars, how much is the hauler, mm-hmm. how much you know That yep. that two hundred and seventy five thousand mm-hmm. dollars probably paid for the hauler itself. Yeah. Right. So I mean, yeah, it sounds like a lot of money, but you know, you gotta pay in if you retrospect. wanna play
0: yeah I mean but it's crazy Like, you want to play you gotta pay it's just like <laughs> I was
3: telling you guys when I, I was like that. when I was working for Clawson Marshall Racing and like that was what I did I went racing for a, like a living and uh, like you don't you, you don't realize it until you do it how much traveling <laughs> involves so I remember I was working for my dad at Welch Packaging at the time and Saw that there was an opportunity to work for a race team. Applied for the job. Like, Live and learn, baby. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Applied for the job. Like, man, this is what I want to do. I'd love to go racing. Like, this is cool. And, and to what made it even more special to me is there was a guy I looked up to. Uh, his name was Brian Clausen. And he, he actually was a dirt track guy that ran the Indy 500. Yeah, I, he, I
1: remember that name.
3: He was killed in a racing accident in 2016. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, I was devastated. It was like... I, you would have thought the guy was my best friend. I mm-hmm. mean, I was flat devastated over it, and you know, it bothers me still sometimes. You know, it would get to me sometimes. And yep. That's his dad started a racing team. He put out, like, hey, we're going to we have a job opening. I was like, I'm doing it. Never thought that in a million years this guy would ever message me. And one night I'm laying in bed, it's like 11 o'clock at night, getting ready to go to work the next day, and I'm about to ha- half asleep, about to fall asleep, and ding. He's like, hey, buddy, saw that you put in an application. Would you be willing to come down to the shop? I'm like, I I jumped up out of bed and go downstairs. I'm like, you're not going to believe this. (laughs) Dad's like, go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you know, on the other hand, I had the support of my stepmom, Megan. She said... (laughs) absolutely go do that (laughs) she's trying to get rid
0: of of you
3: so i gotta go do it like my first day was february like first or second Mm -hmm. and i left to go to florida february 4th wow and i was in florida for a week we were racing then we come back i come home you know get readjusted we go back to the shop and work for, like, two days, and then we load the race cars up, and we went to Oklahoma for a week. Dang. And I'm like, when I'm out in Oklahoma, I'm having the time of my life. But at the same time, you know, you go to the hotel after the races at night, and it's, like, 4 in the morning because you just stayed up and worked on these race cars and washed them after you just drove all day. Yep. And you're you're sitting in the hotel room, and you hadn't talked to to Dad or or anybody all day. And I'm sitting in the hotel room, and I'm thinking – (laughs)
0: <laughs>
3: why why did I do this <laughs> I mean as, as glorious as it sounds like and still to this day I wish that there were times that I could uh go back and do it just because I love racing so much but I mean I hate to admit it but I was homesick I was no, ready, yeah. I was just ready to come yeah. home and, and be with my family again that's why like these people that go to the military, they have nothing but my respect. Oh, definitely. For, for multiple reasons. Yeah. I mean, They're this, heroes. I mean, they, they save our country. They're the mm-hmm. reason we are able to do this right here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and that, I can't imagine going a year without seeing, you know, your family. I was gone from, you know, my dad and, my, you know, my little brother, who I mean, I love the dude to death, and, you know, my older brothers and just all my family, and you're gone for a week and you're like, <laughs> man, I can't keep doing this. Like, and, and And I thought to myself, like, these guys go to California in November, and they're there for a month. There's no way I'm going without a month from seeing my family. This is not happening.
2: Well, I was uh, fortunate enough to race for a guy um, from Portland. His name's Doug St. Meyer. And he gave me, you know, he taught me a lot about racing, but he also taught me a lot about everyday life. Mm -hmm. And, you know when things happen and you get mad and you get all worked up and you're ready to fight and you know, I'm going to, you know, he told me, what are you going to, what's that going to accomplish? Uh-huh. All you're going to do is make the situation worse. It's not going to make it go away. And so you can relate that to everyday life. Oh, definitely. And so, you know, Doug St. Meyer was a huge mentor. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you one thing that he told me that really resonated and that I tried to share with Dalton in his early career as he gets frustrated and I'm going to win, I'm going to win, I'm going to win. And then something happens and you don't, and you're just discouraged and mm-hmm. frustrated. And one thing he told me, and I'll never forget it. And I think about it almost every week I'm at the racetrack is you're going to have more nights like this than you do wins. Yep.
3: So that was one thing that he brought up to me at Plymouth that night. It was 10,000 to win. And again, unexperienced and going and racing against the guys that have been doing this for years and Mm -hmm. have won multiple races like i'm in the last chance qualifier and i'm in the final transfer spot and i'm like oh yeah
0: because this guy (laughs)
3: in front of me like at the time like the racetrack it was hard to pass you had to get to the bottom and you better just hold your line and don't mess up so the guy in front of me I'm on the outside of him. He goes straight to the top, and I went straight to the bottom and passed him, and I'm like, thank you. You just <laughs> you just gave me the way into the race, and I ended up getting passed with, like, two laps to go by a guy who's won multiple races and multiple track championships at that track. I actually got second in the race that night in the 10,000-win race, and I can remember that was the most discouraged I'd ever been racing. Oh, yeah. I pulled back in the pits and sat in the car and just had tears in my eyes and was about ready to cry just because – you work like I worked so hard and uh-huh. and did everything I could and I remember my dad walking up to me and just saying, Did you try? You know, did you give everything you had? And I was like, Yeah He's like, Did you have fun? And I was like, Yeah And he said, Then you can't be disappointed. He's like, That's You're right. gonna, and he brought that same phrase up mm-hmm. to me, He said, You're gonna have more lights like this than you do good nights and At the time I was like, Just get away from me, like whatever. I didn't right. want to hear it just because I was so upset and frustrated but you know, you think back to it, and you're just like, man, it's reality. Like, I got beat by a guy who's been doing it for years. Yep. My dad always told me, experience always beats inexperience. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I didn't ever want to believe it because I thought, I can still beat this guy. And I, and by all means, I was. And right. It just, yeah. He ended up beating me. He took me to school.
1: But that's like your dad said, you know, racing is just like any other sport. You can learn so many life lessons outside of that sport. Yeah. yeah. carry over into your your everyday life.
0: Yeah, it's true. It. Learn like a ton more from losing than from winning. Yeah. So, like, what's your most memorable personal racetrack victory? Favorite victory of all time? Something that you can think back to, and you're like, man, I know my favorite. That I was that been. was the greatest day ever. I have two favorites for. Aside from children being born, because <laughs> yeah. we all know that day was.
3: I have two favorites of his races that I like, but okay, I don't have very memory, very many like mm-hmm. victories. But I would say my most memorable thing that I accomplished was winning the sportsmanship at Gas City Speedway, the sportsmanship award in two thousand nineteen. Well,
1: yeah, um, that, that's a big honor too.
3: Yeah. Honestly, that's the reason I had won that is. Uh,
0: what? For your sportsmanship. Uh, it, I mean, it, it had to do
3: with that, yeah. but it was in—I think it was 2019—the uh, little 10-year-old girl that was tragically murdered by her stepmom. Oh yeah. Um, I went to the racetrack uh, on the the very next Friday that they had raced, and we everybody knew what had happened, and I went up to the promoter uh, Jerry Gappins, and I just said, "Hey, Jerry, I don't know if you knew what had happened, and he was aware of it, and I said, uh, I." I don't normally do this, but is there any way that we can, like, go get some drivers and we can go pass our helmets through the crowd and just try to raise some money for that family to have the funeral wow. costs and expenses? And we got the Gas City Police Department on board with us. And I think we, like, that night alone, we had raised over $1,000. Wow. And uh, the track, so I think it was, like, Thirteen hundred dollars, and the track matched that. Awesome. So it was like twenty six hundred dollars that we had raised towards that little well, girl's funeral cost and cool. helping her family, and that's why I had, I had won that award. And well, that, to mm-hmm. me, that that it, it's more than racing at that yeah. point. I mean, well, we that's obviously awesome. Know what happened out in Texas? I mean, yeah, it's just yeah. tragic. I mean, you, you yep. it, racing's a distraction when stuff like that comes. Oh, oh yeah, I mean, but yeah the same time we're, we're human beings just like they are.
1: Yep, you're right. Not,
2: I think probably the biggest award I ever won was <clears throat> what's called the Vince Osmond Sportsmanship Award mm-hmm. and it's award that is you're voted on by your peers and your fellow racers. And I won it, I don't even know what year it was, probably
3: 2009. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, I got, well, uh, and the reason I know that is because <laughs> it, it, it used to be hanging up in the concession stand at Gasset. Okay. But
2: I, I've got a, a nice plaque and it tells... You know some of the characteristics and qualities of what Vince Osman was, in the uh, so th- that was a pretty cool award. And then just any track championship you can win. I mean, it's just a testimony right. of how hard you work. And you know those those obviously um, those won three straight were highlights. Um, but you know anytime you can win yeah. that that night, like it's.
0: Sounds like Dalton's pretty proud of you, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, I
3: can, I, can I, see that. <laughs> I'm beyond proud, man, because yeah. like I'm beyond competitive and he, he I think he gets frustrated at me at times because I'm so competitive and I'm like, forget that dude. Like, I just
2: try to get him to settle down a little bit. Yep, you know, I've yep. been there, done that. Right. And, you know, I, I I'm trying to give him things mm-hmm. that took me years right, right, to figure yeah. out. Mm-hmm. And it, it's uh it's kind of it's not really frustrating. I mean, I'm proud of Dalton and everything that he's, he's accomplished and he's trying to accomplish. It's just, you know I, know, I know how addicting and what racing and that type of stuff does to yeah. you. Not only, you know, on your personal life and just the toll it takes and, you know, He alluded to announcing is how he got his start. And I'm telling you, if you guys haven't heard the kid announce a ball game or a race or something like that, phenomenal. He is. I might just be saying that because he's my son. Nope. But I would much rather see him take that path versus getting behind the wheel and and racing every weekend. Yeah, it's self-satisfying, but you're not going anywhere. You're not going to make a career out of being here at this local gas city speedway going to go racing for a living.
1: Uh
2: However, the sports broadcasters and Uh analysts, he could. And so as a father, I'm trying to steer him in that direction, Uh but he just wants to be a driver. I want to be a driver. I want to be Uh a driver.
3: I I just, I want to bring up two of my favorite memories of his races and, the first one was in Waynesfield, Ohio. I, I, like, I tell this story to people all I the time. I forgot about that one. <laughs> because I, and I, I don't know why. I, I was like a 12, 13 years old, and he was back racing for Doug St. Meyer, who was just telling you guys about. And we went to Waynesfield, Ohio, and at the time they had a race. It was called the Big Dog 100. 100 laps, 5,000 to win. Dad, just to the last chance qualifier, gets the very last transfer spot which was they start 24 cars 50 laps into the race they would throw a red flag you would pull into the infield you could put fuel in your car and maybe change the tires and i remember sitting in the stands with my grandpa and dad starts 24th i'm like hey we made the show let's just see what happens it's 100 laps here comes the red flag at 50 laps and he is passing the leader for the lead and i'm like Holy crap, this dude's going to win $5,000. And uh, hadn't it been for that red flag come out, he would have been the leader. And he ended up having to restart on the outside because they did, and I hate it, they did a double final restart, which is the stupidest thing in racing ever. And uh, Which means? Like, so the leader gets to choose his lane. If he wants oh, to go okay. on the outside, oh, okay. then second.
2: And so if there's a lot of momentum around the outside, And you're starting on the bottom, you're going to get freight trained. Well,
3: that night, it was on the bottom, and everybody in the entire freaking racetrack scene, he was the only guy on the bottom of the racetrack, and he passed 22 cars and was in second, passing the leader, and the leader that night, they interviewed him at at 50 laps, and he he said right then and there, he said, well, everybody in the place saw Andy on the bottom, that's where I'm, I'm restarting on the bottom, (laughs) and we ended up getting like second or third that night, and then my other favorite memory comes from last year um these guys um, who it's basically hendrick motorsports of dirt track racing um these guys just i don't i don't even know what to say they spent a lot of money on race cars and um which is okay i mean it's available to anybody and uh they were pretty much dominating gas city speedway dad was consistent and was right there in the hunt um two weeks before the final points night dad's given that race car driving it for all it's worth and i like caution comes out and i'm like get to the top of the track like i'm getting aggravated he gets up there and is driving that thing for all it's worth and hits a rut and it spins the car out and i'm like just aggravated like why did he do that and uh But I wasn't mad. I mean, I was aggravated he spun out, but I wasn't mad. I mean, he drove the car. I mean, he was was giving it for everything it was worth. And we look at the points the next week, and he is like, only got a two-point lead over the guy in second who's been winning every race that year. And we're like, we got our word cut out for us. And Dad's like – and it's so crazy to me because every time he says that it happens, he tells me for a week straight after he sees the points – He's like, well, I said, well, you're going to have to win if you want to win that championship. And he told me on Sunday, I'm winning on Friday night. I'm <laughs> winning this <laughs> race. And I'm it's the mental. That's the mental. I see it before you do it. <laughs> and I'm like, whatever. But, I mean, I, I know that he can win. There was no doubt in right. my mind that he can do it. But based on what I had watched all year long, I'm like, huh, we'll see. Well, <laughs> Friday night rolls around. End of the night, guess who gets, gets the checkered flag and wins the championship? Dad, there's Dad, <laughs> and you know why I loved it even more because it was three in a row into me. I mean, and people can say what they want. Well, he didn't race it there all year long and whatnot. Well, guess what? If I didn't go to the racetrack, I wouldn't have raced at all anyway. Right? I mean, that, whose fault's that? I mean, I mean, that ain't our fault. Well, and, you
1: know, and that's just like we know you, you've got over fifty wins in your career.
3: I like to, I hate to say it, but I like to rub it in their face. I mean, well, There ain't nothing wrong with that. Maybe being a bad sport, but that's three. It's a new up. year, bud. It's a new year. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, to me, if he wins it this year, he does. If he don't, I don't really care because he's already proven he can do it. Right. I mean, if you guys want to celebrate that you won a track championship, congratulations, he's got six of
1: them. Yep. That's <laughs> what I was my next day. So you got six track championships, three in a row, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, that's, that's awesome.
3: It aggravates me at the time, but I don't really care because I know he's an accomplished race car driver. Like now let's. You want to let them throw their sponsors out real quick?
1: Absolutely. Throw your sponsors out real quick, yeah. both of if you would.
3: Well, my sponsors are the only reason I'm racing, and right? That's, and that's so. the god's honest truth. So, uh, Caleb Crandall um, from I got Crandall Engineering. I got Brandon Rock the Poor Poorhouse, uh, Tuesday Littic, uh Jenny and Brandon Swanner, uh, Grit Marketing, Indy Racing Images. Ryder Rose, uh, I should probably know all these. I'm trying to think. I don't want to forget anybody. Um, oh, Connie and Connie Zirkle and Cindy Reno, okay. moving real estate. Um, I, 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 I'm I'm terrible at this because I'm not used to doing interviews and stuff like that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to look.
1: But see now Dalton you're going to have to get used to doing interviews instead of being the interviewee yeah, yeah.
3: I know and that, that's it that my changes his mind
1: um, like oh. you said there's a lot of money in that
3: yeah, I got Abel and he Gar- does great yeah Abel Garcia Tacos and no Mas uh-huh. oh yeah um, Abel's been very very supportive of actually,
1: me actually Abel and I played uh uh name at two last weekend up at the brewery
3: <laughs> yeah, so had a blast so Crandall Engineering Poor House Tacos um Sydney and Sydney Reno County Circle, cool. Jenny and Brandon Swanner, Ryder Rose, um, you know, there's this this people that help out all the time. Right. You know, Ryan Scott, he does what he can to try to help out of all things. Yep. It's crazy. And, uh, you know, Rich Forrest and Jeff Nelson at r Transmission, Auto Valued Gas City. Um, there's just so many people that are helpful to me, and I if I'm forgetting anybody, I do want to apologize because it's just, there's so many of them. It's Craig. Hard to... Yeah. yeah I gotta, <laughs> you got to think about Big Craig. You know what? It's crazy. And, and I, I got a big story about that. So, I, 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 Come on, Dalton. We're past an hour.
2: Oh, no. We're good. But, hey. I got to pee. <laughs> but, uh, I, uh, I told Craig um, that I'm going to be
0: driving a race
3: car all June 18th at Montpelier, and I'm not going to have any help, and Craig has been helping me with, since I started racing. I said, hey, he was like, what's up? I said, I'm driving a race car, Montpelier, June 18th, I need your help. He was like, okay, I'll be there. I said, <laughs> I said you know what happened the last time you helped me? He's like, what's up?" I said, we went to the freaking front, and that's what we're going to do again.
0: And,
3: and big Craig, man, I yeah. love Craig. He's a good kid. Good kid. What anybody says, Craig Anselm
1: will take the shirt off his back and do what he can to help you. Yeah, he will. He will. Awesome, awesome man. Yes, he is. I agree.
3: Yeah. I'm so thankful for him. Uh, uh, like I said, I I, there's so many people and I know I'm probably forgetting somebody, but it's not because I I don't appreciate their support. Oh, Sky Stevens, I can't forget us. Okay. Uh, Yep can forget about her. There's no way she'll kill me. Um, so, Sky helps out. Uh, she's a sponsor. Um, man, I, I'm terrible at this, you know. But I'm so used to being the guy with the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> you tell me about this, and I'm not really thinking about what I need to be saying. So <laughs> I guess I'm going to get better at
0: this before. I don't know. You've been a pretty good yes. pretty guest. Yeah. You know, So, very good.
3: All those people. Like,
0: <laughs>
3: to me because, you know, night after the yeah at the racetrack will uh, cause you to consume a few of those well and that's awesome.
1: <laughs> andy you want to throw out anybody that helps you guys out
2: yeah i gotta think you know number one sam thompson uh troy willis uh r&r engine or r&r transmission uh rusty's lawn care chuck sewer and drain um, See, this
3: is what happens when the guy wins a race and gets interviewed all the time.
2: Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't have near as many as you. Um, Tim Sills, uh, Sills Racing Engines. Um, if you think of any more, Dalt, you're pretty uppity up
3: on that stuff than me. Uh, just Eli, Indy <laughs> Racing Images. Uh, That's what he does.
2: Yeah, I'd say, I'd say my major ones are Sam Thompson, you know, Thompson Trucking, and then uh, Troy Willis and... That probably probably wraps it up for me.
1: Now your wife, she's got to put up with it, right? Yeah,
2: Megan's very. Uh, I wouldn't say necessarily supportive, mm-hmm. but she doesn't care, right? You know, she yep. doesn't. If I tell her she ain't I'm going to be at the racetrack it, Friday, night, I can tell you, that. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's she'll go every now and then, but yeah. even if I go Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, she doesn't care. Yeah. So and, that, and that's a huge help, right? Um. So, I guess she's a supporter. Yep,
0: that's yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, I believe her and Dee are related.
2: Yeah, they're cousins, I think. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah D's mm-hmm. pretty su- supportive. She's I'm like supportive of the podcast. Oh, yeah, that's she good. loves it. She that's loves good. it. But you know what? She hasn't listened to one because she's so sick of my voice. Well, I'm
3: going to talk- <laughs> have a talk with her about that. Please do. Please do. Please do. That's, uh, that's messed up. I listen to all of this. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. We appreciate you guys, uh, man. Well, We do. Yeah. It?
1: Like I said, the more we can learn, it, it, it just helps classic. us out I told you, more. I told you guys that. Yeah. yeah. That
3: was classic. Jim's yeah. version. Hey, <laughs> <all> right, <laughs> hang on.
1: We, we, before we finish, we got to do rapid fire. All right. Let's do it. Let's try. Okay, roll. Okay. We'll go Dalton first. Oh, boy. I know you're not of age, so your first question I is Yeah, I'm, I'm
3: 21.
1: Are you? I, I thought you was only 20.
3: Nope.
0: 21. I'm oh, okay. 22 all right. in June.
1: All right. Here we go. Taking after his dad. Right. <laughs> Just whatever comes top of your head. Water, tea, soda, beer. Beer. Tea. Burger. broth, Or hot dog. Burger. What's your favorite sport besides racing?
3: Oh, man.
1: Don't say Cincinnati Reds. Watch. Play. <laughs> ignore. Probably football. Okay. Who's your favorite all-time athlete?
3: Heisman Skins.
1: Okay. Who's an influential member in this community?
3: Influential member in this community. Um, that's tough because there's so many. There is. There um, is. I don't know. There's a couple of people that, that come to mind when I think of influential people in the community. Um, obviously, I think Bill Rock.
2: Boom. Um, top of your head. That's it. Because of, the,
3: <laughs> because of what he's doing for the city. And then I, I also like to thank Brian Swanner. Okay, um, he, he's he's always positive and mm-hmm. encouraging. Yeah,
1: who's your role model? My dad. Okay. All right, your I turn. Knew you. That answer. I do. I, <laughs> I just. I, we, we have. To, we have to get it on. Yeah, we have to get it yeah. on here. There, it's no documented now. My That's dad, right. My dad's
3: been huge.
1: Water, soda, beer, beer. Okay. Burger, brat, or hot dog when you're grilling out.
3: Burger. Okay. It's hot dogs without teeth marks.
1: He leaves it in the car, right? <laughs> Without, I had to. I'm sorry. Favorite sport other than wrestling?
2: Probably uh, baseball. I like baseball.
1: Okay. Favorite athlete? Uh, Michael Jordan. Okay. Who do you consider an influential member in this community? Sam Thompson. Okay. And your role model would be?
0: My dad. Okay.
1: Perfect. Awesome. Love it.
0: Thanks, guys. This was great. We want to give a shout-out to uh, Beast Prince. They've always been supportive of us. And also beverages supplied by... Onon Construction Group for all your exterior home improvement needs. Specializing in roofing, siding, and gutters. Get a professional, quality job done at a competitive price. For a free estimate, call Trevor at 765 661 0689 or go to mononconstructiongroup.com. You've tried the rest, now call the best Monon Construction Group, LLC.
1: We also got Brad Bennett with the 1 800 Got Junk. Get a hold of him or Brody, and they'll take care of your whatever you want cleaned out. Got the gas city brewery. Stop up there and check out one of their new drinks they might have. Backyard builder yep. with Eric or Ryan, Logan. They'll take care of your fencing,
0: your decks, and yep, and they do great. Pretty much anything you need. Hey, thank you guys again. We yep. appreciate Thanks, you coming guys. by and hanging out in the garage. And uh, everybody in the community and, and uh, in the county that's listened, we appreciate you guys. Take care.
2: Thank you.